0: attend the greatest fishing show and sale on earth we're celebrating our 50th anniversary at the bass pro shops world's fishing fair march 30th through april 3rd at the biggest and best of all outdoor stores the bass pro shops granddaddy what's In- going on this In- is Footguns. it's me and hal and we're talking today with um Jin Tao, who's a developer at badger jintao first we got we got to start out with the sponsored question um do you prefer lures or worms when you're out there in the pond
1: oh i'm definitely a worm guy for sure no question about it
2: <laughs> So i just i want to know you, what, have you ever been to any uh of these aquariums at bass pro shop because they are some of the best in america from what i've heard I, ha- I have been to bass pro
1: shop uh and i have to say i'm definitely a big fan i love walking in. i love the experience to be honest it's it's if, if, an, if whoever's listening hasn't been it's it's definitely worth a visit, no matter what. Even if you don't like fishing, to be honest.
2: It also—I—I I don't think I've ever told anyone this before here uh, at Footguns, but um, I, I was in the Boy Scouts as a kid, and I actually have volunteered at a Bass Pro Shop to to help them out, you know, because uh, I guess they need some help from the Boy Scouts down at Bass Pro Shops.
0: That's pretty sweet. I gotta get some uh, Boy Scouts to volunteer in my for-profit businesses. <laughs>
2: Yeah, we should bring the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts into DeFi. Get maybe some like uh, Girl Scout cookies NFTs.
0: Get them to farm some uh, in-game items for us. Build their Eagle Scout project in the metaverse.
1: <laughs> that would be great. <laughs>
0: um, all right. So, Jintao, you are. I guess you're like a front-end dev at Badger, right? What What is that? What is a front-end dev?
1: Um. So I. I do. i guess that is one of the hats i wear um so i do a bunch of stuff um is
0: that too limiting i'm sorry
1: yeah definitely but it's okay um so i definitely like work on the front end team um and manage that as well as like manage our back-end apis and um like essentially our analytics platform that powers the app and what's now powering badger ninja um so you know it's a lot of the same technology we're working mostly um, with node and typescript uh, you know, in, in, in the front end, it, that's like, you know, building the app, and mostly we're using React, um, and, you know, Badger Ninja is using a bit of a different stack, uh, you know, using Next.js. Um, but yeah, that's, that. I mean, that's pretty much what that covers, and then as far as, uh, you know, the backend work that we do, it's also in uh, Node and TypeScript, but it uses, um, you know, more of, I guess, it interacts more with Web3. The app does as well, and they kind of use similar things, um, but like looking mostly at things like typechain. Um, ethers.js and like essentially kind of making it such that you can use the app um, and like have all this data that's on chain, um, you know, displayed for you and kind of, you know, pre -pre pre-parsed if you will. to, like extract this information in like a way that users can interact with it and like it at badger that also you know when you like use our app you can see like you know historical data of our vaults or like you know there is some way that we track like how much of like you know your underlying yield you've received and so um yeah that's that's kind of what i'm working on at badger
2: so in in layman's term you're basically allowing the user to come to the website Click a couple buttons, and then that's going to translate into something that actually, you know, will be executed on chain after you know giving them um, a request through the metamask that they have to confirm, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, essentially, yeah. So, like, the app is just a way to allow the user to more f- communicate with the blockchain in like a friendly way.
0: Yeah. And what about before Badger? I know, like, we talked a little bit about this at East Denver, but like, were you always a developer in your career, or were you doing something else and then got kind of like sucked into the development through crypto or was it the other way around
1: um yeah so when i first started i mean i've always been a developer i went to school for you know uh, electrical and computer engineering so but you know mostly focused on kind of the system level of that so you know operating systems and stuff like that didn't end up even working in that in the end <laughs> but uh yeah always a developer um was working actually more in like cloud-based softwares and like enterprise enterprise software, things like that. Um, and kind of, you know, just eventually was drawn to crypto, like over time, I, you mean, know, I, I kind of dabbled in 2017 and so that's really what brought me there was like eventually seeing more what I felt like mature products come around in like 2020 or 2019. And that's kind of what drew my interest, uh, into, you know, actually doing development in that space.
2: So I want to, I want to push more on that because, um, before before we go into just like the the total G- degen thing, I know yeah. Yeah. what you have built, and I I don't know if I buy that. I feel like that there was there not something else in crypto. What like did you not care about the oh you know not uh you know my own keys or you know anti government or like, oh you mean like what
1: okay you're saying like what other motives do I have for it? Um, yeah yeah. I okay yeah, I say okay. Like yeah, I think I think that part I also, you know, I do feel that it is really important to be self-sovereign, and to like hold your own money and um and to and to like have that power to, you know, uh you know, in, in, enable yourself financially. Um I won't I wouldn't I wouldn't say that that was my reason for for joining crypto because honestly, like before I really Um, you know, got into the tech and, like, read more about it and was introduced to these kinds of things, like, I didn't actually really think about it too much. Um, I was, like, a normie, like, I'm happy to just be in the bank, whatever. I'm, like, looking at my stocks, sounds good, looks good. Uh, And then, like, until I really, like, got into the tech and was, like, reading about this stuff and kind of you know like as as i'm doing that being introduced to this idea of like self-sovereignty holding your own money managing your own funds and being able to like enable yourself financially via like you know defi which and this kind of stuff also came later especially like with lending platforms and uniswap like you know 2017 this kind of maybe it was around i'm not totally sure but um you know at the time i wasn't at least aware of it and so like uh, some of these things didn't necessarily play as big as a factor as they do today you know as far as me getting in but uh they did play a big factor of me getting involved like at the development level and like actually in a more you know professional way and spending like a vast majority of my time on it instead of just like kind of dabbling i guess yeah
2: yeah i think i've become obsessed with the you know self-sovereign you know sort of rabbit hole that like maybe crypto could take us down but uh you know in 2015 i had a friend that i think told me to buy bitcoin like 30 or 40 times and i was like i'm good with my stocks that i'm you know like my trades are going well and uh (laughs) but yeah no i mean i i like once i once i got involved um and started playing around with crypto more yeah then all of the these sorts of ideas start to creep into your head but no i i didn't I didn't get in either um, for anything other than I thought it was really cool tech that I wanted to learn more about.
1: Yeah, totally, yeah. I think it's like that first experience, right, where like you, you know, like you don't really get it until you use it. And then you start using it and you start doing things and your eyes kind of open. You're like, whoa, okay, this is kind of cool. I didn't have to like talk to anybody or use the bank or anything like that to to just, you know, do whatever I want and kind of take a position or, you know change my money or whatever
0: so have you gone 100 percent bankless now you're all living on chain (laughs) all your wealth is in uh crypt cryptodes
1: Uh, yeah exactly my entire my entire net worth is in nfts now i've gone completely bankless um (laughs) we should
2: uh we should go bankless we should rename our podcast to bankless
0: it would be a fun episode to try to i was just at the coffee shop try to pay with like a toad or some nft like try to give someone a really valuable NFT and see if it works Uh, yeah
2: like one that's worth like a shitload of money like way more than the the coffee (laughs) and see if they'll take it
1: that's like some SNL that's that's you know that's coming it's gonna come (laughs) it's only a matter of time these days
2: well before we go further I mean you can answer no comment to this and we'll know that you have one but do you have a moon bird no I actually
1: don't have a moon bird I you know it's funny I was gonna to be honest I was thinking about buying one um but i was i i don't know i just sat on my hands and didn't sell my well i just
2: listened to um uh an episode on real vision i don't know if if you guys are familiar with that but um they were just like shitting all over (laughs) moonbirds and i'm gonna go ahead and say that if if jintao didn't buy one then then i'm short it
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know i was considering it but now i'm too poor to afford one anyway so it doesn't really matter
2: I know we all had to pay our taxes recently i hope i hope everybody out out there is doing well that's um, highly involved in crypto because um this was the first year for me that i've been so um involved in crypto i mean i've I've always had a pretty big portion of my net worth in it but uh, i've never had this much before and so it was fun, um, you know, finally having to go back through the, the, the fiat route and uh, get the money out. <laughs> you know, it sort of proved that like the crypto is real, right? I mean, I was able to get the money out and uh, give it to the government. So I'm sure the government's happy, right? Like anybody that thinks that the government um, is is against crypto, like they're getting a big fat paycheck right now. So I don't know.
0: I'm kind of scared. I paid all my taxes, like on my crypto shit through my like real world bank cash flow. So I didn't actually have to offboard any crypto, but it just feels weird. Like I was panicking, I thought I might have to. So I was trying to like connect one of my centralized accounts to like my actual bank account and it was taking like several days. So I didn't end up doing it, but I was like, had a few harrowing moments there.
2: I thought, I mean, when I sent, you know, cause what I did was I sent um, USDC to Coinbase and then I sold that to USD and then sent it to my bank account. And I was, I was definitely nervous that um that final sending it to my bank account they were gonna go uh yeah we won't take this deposit i'm sorry (laughs) Yeah,
1: Oh, I had the same experience. <laughs> I did the exact same thing when I cashed out, exact same flow, and I was like, "Oh my god, my account is going to be flagged." I'm so worried. And actually, when I went to go pay my taxes, the first time I went to submit and like pay pay through their website, it was like your your transaction has been declined. I was like, "Oh god, this is the nightmare scenario." And <laughs> yeah, it worked. The next transaction, I like worked, but I was like, you know, I was having many hard." Yeah, hey,
2: can you just email? I mean, sorry, email. Uh, I mean, I guess you could email. It would be much safer maybe to get, like, you know, insured mail, but, you know, send the IRS the private key to, like, your, you know, moon board, Moonbird or board ape or something and just be like, all right, here's my uh, tax payment. No, I mean, I know they, they force you to pay your taxes in, uh, in USD, but uh, maybe one day. <laughs> the balance sheet is holding some Moonbirds.
0: <laughs> so should we get into just, like, the overall DeFi journey, I guess we have on here pickles. So you guys were both in pickles in early days. I think pickles was, was the pickle finance was like, I don't know. Do you want to just like give us an intro to that? That was like the first protocol that you were really involved in.
1: Um, Me or Hal or who? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I did. Yes. Kind of. Yeah. i not in a, exactly official capacity, but yes. Um. So, Pickle was so, like, I think. I mean, I guess to step back for a second, we all kind of know urine. And if you don't know urine, I guess you need to look it up, urine finance, figure it out, and then you can hear about pickle. Uh, but anyway, so pickle was essentially like kind of, you know, oh uh, like almost like a, I don't want to say degen because that's kind of what they evolved into, but they were like the alternative, like, small cap urine finance play, um you know, of DeFi summer. um What year was it? Oh gosh, 2019? I don't know. Uh, so, that- so this
2: is why I pushed back earlier because you said that you came into, you came into DeFi for the uh, you know the because you saw things were I don't, I don't know uh, more respectable or something like that and I just remember the very first uh, not pickle website
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah okay yeah I, I the mean very like first were more there was more there you know like but like, how, how
2: did, you know? I, I want to know how you saw that because the very first pickle website had pickle rick like from rick and morty <laughs> yeah. just like flying around the website all over the place bouncing around and there was like a million of them and it was just like oh yeah deposit your money with us and you know i mean <laughs> I, th- th- this is how i got into DeFi as well i mean i took the plunge through through pickle so yeah i mean we both saw through through this i mean i see that's why i think like there's something in, in DeFi that, that foot guns pushes too which is like uh fun right like you saw that there's fun to be had here, and everyone is working really hard, right? Like everyone's working really hard, making really good product, but then everyone's also having fun. Like I think that's, I think that's. I, the thing. I
1: definitely agree. I think fun is a huge aspect of it, especially, and and I don't like. I mean, especially when you find a group of people to kind of get into DeFi with, and that sounds maybe that sounds like really weird, but it's like oh yeah me and the boys or me and my friends like all ate sushi you know we all farm sushi at this at at launch or whatever and it just like even if sushi went to zero it's still like kind of fun and thrilling (laughs) to go farm or whatever and yeah i definitely felt that same thing with pickle like you get onto their website and pickle rake is everywhere like oh yeah this is that dj pickle site like (laughs) let me go throw my money in here and farm
0: i think that was probably like the second first or second thing that I did in DeFi, the first was like I bought some urine I was in a group similar to like what you're talking about right like a group of people that were not like devs but just kind of like normies I think a lot of them had like e-commerce stores and they were getting into DeFi. and um yeah pickle is one I remember people were like oh yeah I paid for my you know weekend mdma binge from like pickle earnings or like something like that so like once you hear something like that it's like okay all right
2: so back so back to Can't so back no. to your uh the work that you were doing we, we've had our fun <laughs> yeah
1: yeah oh so for pickle oh yeah um yeah so i mean like actually when when i started doing work for pickle like that was that was actually when i first started working in DeFi at all um and like i was kind of getting bored at my current job and i was like looking into like what pickle was doing what their contracts were doing and like at the time i like my DeFi portfolio was like not very big and I was, I actually had been farming Curve, like I, that was my, so Curve was my very first DeFi experience, and so I was in like the Bitcoin pool farming that, um, and was honestly scared out of my mind, and so I was like, oh, this compounding game, like I'll never win, I can't do this, like it's too expensive for me, and so like I had found Yearn, and I was using Yearn for a while, and like, you know, the rates kind of went down, I don't know, this was kind of, you know, like as people started to catch on, pools were filling up, whatever. and like and so like pickle had the pickle incentive you know like to, use, to mm-hmm. use their jar i was like i was like oh okay extra pickles you know what i mean and I also i just thought it was like so funny that i'm like earning pickles of um, <laughs> so you know i went to go farm in there um and like what i kind of realized and what i think probably a lot of people even to this day still have problems with is like when you're in an auto compounder like you have no idea how much money like, like you, unless you're like keeping an excel spreadsheet right and tracking like okay i have this many coins that this is this much dollars every day and and then maybe in some cases just having to trust the site is showing you the right amount yeah, of money which, which is is
2: literally that's what i case. was it's doing Yeah, i learned right
1: <laughs> yeah and and so like i was like oh i like really wish i had a way to understand like how is the vault doing how much money is in the vault how has it changed like how much money am i making um and so like yeah i pretty much started building like a tool to do this like to track these things and to um you know visualize it and actually at the same time like i took heavy inspiration from like you know yearn they were doing some similar stuff they didn't really have like visualizations of it um but like as far as you know being able to like find out how to track your earnings and so like yeah basically building off of what they did and like honestly teaching myself react because i was not a front-end dev like i didn't have any front-end skills. And then building, you know, like, my first, like, kind of <laughs> starter app called PickleJar.info um, that, like, showed all of, like, the jars, TVLs, and APRs over, like, different timeframes. And, like, there was a page where you could go and see, like, oh, I have this many coins in the jar. And since Pickle is, like, really simple, they just, like, purely auto-compound, it's really easy to see, like, oh, I've earned exactly this many tokens and how much money that is today. So, yeah, that's that was, like, really the first dive into DeFi and like really getting into building stuff too and that's pretty much what i did there and like there's more that i did that i could get into i don't know if you guys want to i think my like crowning achievement while i was there probably was uh i set up a multi-chain harvesting bot that like estimates yields on or not yields but like um harvest like how much it will harvest um on their jars and then like you know there's like a heuristic that i won't like get too deep into but uh to like kind of try to profit maximize like that that process of like harvesting
2: oh that's awesome are you
0: still in pickle today like do you think uh it's like it, I, I checked into it recently and like they're adding a ton of new stuff and like they're always building stuff but like do you still are you still involved with them at all
1: um no my so pickles no pickles team has grown quite a bit i still i think i still hold a multi-sig key if i haven't been rotated out <laughs> um i don't think i have because i i do like have good comms with the their team and you know like if things if i if i am yeah we won't around, um, we won't give it away but, as far but as like, we uh sorry, we
2: had uh dinner and went scootering with a, a, a certain pickle while we were in <laughs> east denver
1: <laughs> Yeah, that was we good. had a good time so
2: so <laughs> yeah, i think more more importantly uh are you in dildow <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know i am not in dildow it, i i actually love love pickle but have been a pickle for a little bit
2: i got made fun of in uh, east denver because i am and i've been in since i don't know it's been more than a year now i have mslv ust deposited in pickle earning pickles and i have locked some of my pickles for four years to get dill <laughs> and so i am a member of DillDAO. um yeah, if you, it, it, I wrote an article actually uh, about the pickle hack early on in Footguns. You can go find it. Anyone listening that wants to,
1: that's that's where all my money went. That's why I'm not in the dildo.
2: Yeah, here. yeah, it was a it was a rough. <laughs> it was one. Of, I mean, it was one of the first, <laughs> like early, you know, DeFi hacks that, that I remember. Um, that was like close to me. That I like, you know, the first bullet that I dodged. Um, yeah, um, yeah, I actually you know it was it was i bought i literally bought a uh, pickle i think 10 or 15 minutes after the hack because there was like a technical move on a chart that i was like well i think this will go back up 50% and it did and it's like the same reason that i bought ice um, after the hack but yeah it doesn't always happen that way it's some of the hacks just sort of uh, and you know pickle pickle has not really you know gone and become you know some some blue chip defi protocol or something like that but they're still around and they're they're making new products and good product and they haven't been hacked since then as far as i know and um yeah I, I i like the i still like the website i still use it i still have my money there i will say
1: pickle has been working really hard um i th- i think like they're putting out like a lot of new stuff and um I don't, know, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I will. Uh, they have like a version two of their website coming out. I don't know if you've seen it, and I'll just leak it out there and forgive me, guys. Uh, <laughs> I think if you add like slash v2 to the end of their site right now, you can see it. Um, yeah, it's pretty nice. So I, I, th- I think they're building great stuff. It's, you know, and maybe, I don't know. Yeah, Pick- Pickles is doing a lot of cool stuff. Um, I guess I'll just leave it at that.
2: <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I'm, um, yeah, again, I'm, I'll, I'll always be a fan of, of all the original <laughs> original protocols and, you know, because, you know, we're still, like, super early and who knows what's going to happen, right? Yeah,
0: 100%. So I want to ask you this, like, you know, how, like, you're a developer, you spend most of your time actually, like, writing code that's used either on, like, the front end or, like, this the rewards calculation and kind of, like, the ap api and math about the rewards and stuff but like as an actual like dgen user of DeFi, like what technical stack is most important to you like do you do you like i know you've talked about like writing bots in the past to like automate actions in DeFi. like do you use i don't know custom stuff that you've built to like scan for opportunities or any of these like nansen tools like how do you use your technical skills Mm. to like find opportunities or do you just kind of like hang out in discords and shit like everyone else
1: (laughs) definitely a lot of the discords um but there are some things that um you know using if you're a dev that you can kind of build tools to you know automate some of that alpha finding you know if you will um so like one of the uh one of the big Things that i've done especially with res- respect to nfts is that like you know sometimes you know you can bot nft drops or you can find nft contracts to like interact with you know and not go through the site uh you know if there's an nft drop or something and so like we i have written a bot that like basically listens to the mempool and like finds you know any any contract deployment and then checks to see if it's an erc 721 and then basically forwards that to a discord channel and so like we have track of like every you know nft launch that occurs on ethereum right um so yeah i mean like i guess to get back more to your point um i mean that's part of it there's other things where it's like you know i wouldn't say like i am running a mev bot or anything like that but there are times when you know certain uh protocols like launch Uh, like for example malt was a cool one i don't know if you guys were into malt like i don't know i guess a year ago now but like there was this thing called the stabilizer and it was like you know every x minutes you like call it and if malt was above peg it would just like print die essentially um (laughs) and so like me and me and actually one of the guys from pickle built a bot to like just call that and like spam call it um and yeah i mean it it printed die it was pretty fun um I don't know. I guess, is there a more pointed question as far as like other tooling? I mean, there's like some, I mean, a lot of it is around like NFTs and opportunities, right? So like you talked about Nansen, um, I guess, like, sorry, go ahead. Well, no,
2: I mean, I just think that what you just said is already, I just want to reiterate, like the people out there that are, you know, if, if, if somehow you found this podcast as your first intro into crypto or whatever, like you just got really lucky because Like this is what you're up against when you're, you know, you open up OpenSea and you're just like, "Hmm, what should I buy for the first time? Or you're like, you go to Twitter and somebody sends you a link to like go mint this NFT or whatever, right? Like um, there's a lot of sophisticated people out there that are doing sophisticated things. And so I would just, you know, just like have a lot of caution before you push any button, you know, and then maybe go try and find somebody that's like Jintao, right? To become friends with. Right, um,
0: Tao. my more pointed question to you is when you said we see every every open C or every NFT that's minted, how can I become part of this we? Who's we? <laughs> how do I get into this Discord box?
1: Well, um, honestly.
2: Do we make like the ultra premium <laughs> foot guns, bring you guys in $1,000 a week?
1: <laughs> pretty much all you need is a, is a Discord web link. Uh, to be honest, I'm happy to share it. It's. It it is pretty noisy so there is like some filtering that goes on so kind of the way that we end up using it and i keep saying we is because i just have it in like a group discord and essentially it's like uh you know everybody checks every now and then and oh hey there's a contract like let's check that out and you know sometimes interestingly enough like if you see something that is like an interesting contract sometimes they'll have like you know socials information or like something like that and you can like find these twitter accounts before they before they like really start marketing. So
0: did you uh, see did this bot pick up like the moonbirds and did you have an indication that like this was going to be super you know hyped one before the before the time?
1: Okay, well, for uh, like there's was, there's was a guy who I talked to who is all over moonbirds. So like we yeah, like I, that was already on my radar. So like that, that's not really how that one happened, but like there have been some ones like um I don't know if you guys know like DeHoff Dom like sometimes like he deployed some kind of more mysterious contracts like corruptions and things like that and like those were things that we found that were like not and thinking that was like not announced you know prior to like that drop and so like just seeing that come out on the chain and then being able to say like oh read the contract see like what is the what's the deal with the mint and being able to know like okay here's how it's gonna go down before it's really been talked about.
2: Well, I mean, all I have to say is like you spend your time wisely.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm probably coming off as too, st- like, <laughs> to be honest. Most of the time, I'm just in the Discord, just like shit posting. So, like,
0: <laughs> here's a question for you. So, I did a podcast with um, Alex, the entrepreneur, who's another debit Badger, and he's like. You know very gung-ho he like convinced me to like become a dev i was like okay i'm doing it so like in my spare time i'm doing this like learn javascript course now i've done other programming stuff like i know some python but like i'm not by any means like a professional developer but he definitely convinced me to like go back at it and like get into some of the like web 3 stuff and like you know learn solidity contracts at a basic level and stuff so i'm doing that but like what advice would you give to someone who's like non-technical or like very moderately technical as like if if they could learn like one piece of technology or language or something like that what would it be
1: oh um maybe like
2: group of things
1: yeah i mean i think like if i had to really like distill it into just pick one like i would say typescript or python and i would say if you're interested in you know web 3 and smart contracts like at the current moment probably typescript um, and the reason being is that like a lot, you can pretty much build anything you want these days with TypeScript. You can, you know, build a front end, you can build a back end, you can, um, you know, Solidity is very, very much like TypeScript. Like they're, I mean, to me, like I'm, you know, picking up more Solidity these days and then they're very, very close to each other, um, so. Yeah, I mean, I guess that'd be my best recommendation because it's going to be the most, like, applicable across, like, a wide array of things like that you may want to get into hmm. or, like, try out, you yeah.
0: know. All right, I'll add that to my list. Is that what you use most, like, on a day-to-day basis when you're building, like, Badger.ninja or, like, the, the front-end stuff for Badger? It's all in TypeScript?
1: Yeah, it's all in TypeScript, um, and then basically you just, you know, there's various libraries you can use that are written in TypeScript, so, like, you can use Next.js or React to build, like, web apps, or, you know, there's a variety of other things if you're trying to build, like, back-end applications. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's all in TypeScript. Um,
2: so, is TypeScript and, you know, really just isn't JavaScript going, with... Yeah. Strong typing, typing. yeah, <laughs> dude. Yes. I yeah, uh, yes, man, I, I hope. I mean, I think there's people that listen to this that write code. Like, I don't know, that's hilarious to me as someone that's been like, I, I feel ancient at this point. But I don't know.
1: Oh, I could never go back to JavaScript. Like strong
2: typing. <laughs> that's all I have to say.
1: Yes, me too. I'm a, I'm a types, type maxi, <laughs> <laughs> yes. type down, exactly
2: um uh oh man i had something um oh yeah all right i'm gonna drop i'm gonna drop some alpha of of my own um maybe you guys don't know this i'm sure you could guess this this is basically like why i made foot guns is um you know i message i message you guys all the time like obviously everyone listening to this can tell that jintao has interesting things that he picks up going on and the DeFi space, but, um, I get messages from all of these different people that I interact with within Badger DAO and and a couple of other DAOs, um, just asking me where the price is going to (laughs) go. Um, so, you know, even with all these, all this information that you get and that sort of thing, I do still think that price is like, so telling because, you know, it's sort of like, it's, it's sort of this trail that everyone leaves behind. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously you're not going to be able to like mint an NFT before everybody else by looking at a a chart and a price. Right. Like, but, but, uh, there are, you know, the the thing that I'm thinking about is, uh, you told me about this project JPEG, which I had heard nothing about knew nothing about. Um, and you were like, Oh, this is good. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, it's good, but like we got to find a good entry. Right. And then, uh, I ended up getting a pretty decent entry. It sounds like you, scaled in even lower after me um but yeah i just want to let people know that you know we are chilling all day long in the foot guns discord we have our pay channel uh the spacing guild that you can join if you want but we also you know do do talk quite a bit in our like trading channel and our general chats and stuff but um we are definitely like dropping alpha left and right in the, in the spacing guild um if you guys want to subscribe
1: Yeah, JPEG major alpha there. (laughs) That thing ran.
2: Yeah, I think. Yeah, we're both still holding it. Yeah, yeah. Are you
0: a user of the of the protocol? Isn't it like you deposit your NFTs and you can borrow stables against it? Is that that's what it is? Right? It's like an Aave for NFTs. Uh,
1: yeah, kind of. Yeah, I I do not use it. I think they are starting with CryptoPunks. That's too rich for me. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of the idea. Um, and they, I think it's. I don't know if, I think it might be live now. I don't know. I know they just recently updated their UI. Um, but yeah, that that is kind of the premise. And they're going to be creating like a curve pool with uh, essentially the stable that they're minting from this like NFT-based collateral. Um, I saw a, yeah. I saw a
2: tweet. That's my favorite thing is like, you know, you you told me about this thing. We checked out the price. We found a good price entry. And then all of a sudden I saw a tweet about it. And I was just like, all right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a
1: primed for takeoff
2: Oh <laughs> well, i do you know i I wouldn't i mean i'm not like yeah don't run out and buy this or whatever but um look for a yeah, uh, look don't, for a decent entry I'm come sure. to the <laughs> if you really want to find out what i think come you know come sign up join the spacing guild and and uh, ask me and i will literally tell you uh what i think is a good entry
0: are there any other projects that you're like really excited about now or stuff that you were and didn't work out what let, let's do this what was like your biggest loss like what was the biggest uh like worst trade or like blow up or ever yeah. get like hacked by any uh i guess you avoided the pickle hack but like any any major wreckage um
1: my worst loss it's been a long time it's been enough months that i can talk about this it's yeah. done. <laughs> as long as it uh, wasn't yesterday
2: i'm gonna say bean socked.
1: yeah i know right it was yesterday it's like bringing it uh no um no, uh, basically, like I was being foolish like a couple months ago and moving like a decent amount of money in a uni V3 position, um, which I basically kind of just have lost control over, if you will. <laughs> it's gone. Uh, and so like that NFT landed in some place that I just I just stupidly like got it locked and I I can't get it. Wait,
0: now. you I sent your uni V3 NFT, NFT to basically. someone else?
1: Uh, yeah, I rugged myself. Uh not to somebody else. I like was playing around with a contract and I got it rugged inside and I hmm. uh yeah, I basically rugged myself <laughs> for a non trivial <laughs> amount of money.
2: Uh <laughs> oh, wait. like the worst part is like that money is just out there, right? In the Yeah. It's
1: just there, yeah. It's just there, but nobody, and it's out of range. It's not doing anything. Nobody can get it. No, that's not serving no purpose. I can't
2: remember if I've ever said this on the podcast, but that's one of my like theories about uh, like DeFi. Like for instance, like sushi. You know, the the, the contracts that are like actually immutable. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of them, but th- there's a few out there. And like I just think, you know, over time, there's just going to get liquidity that just gets stuck in them, and then it's going to be earning fees and it's never going to sell and so it's just going to grow bigger and bigger and bigger while everybody else like messes up right and and slowly gives the money to these just like permanent pools that can can never get their money taken back out of
0: That's the real alpha in crypto that like every year a certain percentage just gets lost forever right and that's it why is
2: True
1: it is definitely and it's probably not a trivial amount Yeah. Either. yeah be careful out there folks, <laughs> don't be me. <laughs> I mean,
0: do you use a separate computer for like signing transactions? Like what's your security look like, like whatever you feel comfortable talking about?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, so I think there's, there's. I mean, I personally don't, You like if you're really serious about it, you should, and maybe I should be more serious. Um, you know, I, well, at some point I probably will, probably some point in the near future, but at least I, I don't use any like, hot wallets like all of my wallets are you know hardware devices um yeah pretty much um what but I will always like use vpns and things like that um and I guess like to to some extent I do have a, a machine that is a like crypto only machine that I do sign from sometimes um maybe I should all the time but yeah I mean that's pretty much where I'm at yeah I like, bought a
2: I bought a crypto only laptop that I was like okay I'm going to only do my crypto from this. And then, you know, I slow, like I only was using hard wallet signing from it because I do, I do a bit of trade, you know, my, like my short-term trading, I do on hot wallet because, uh, I've actually just recently had an experience where I wasn't able to get to my hard wallet for a second. Um, but, uh, Yeah, so I bought this extra laptop and then what I found is actually sometimes I'll plug my hard wallet in and sign something on my main laptop and it'll just like bug out. And so then I like plug it into my second laptop and it works. So, um, you know, I I don't do anything else on the second laptop besides crypto signing. Um, But, you know, hard wallet signing on my main laptop. I don't know. I mean, I guess there's some there's some risk there. I don't know. I don't know enough about. How MetaMask and the hardwall interact to like feel confident in saying that it's like you know, it's probably safer to do it in an isolated environment, right? But I would, you know, I mean you're still running like Windows or whatever operating system, right? You, you still have no idea what's going on unless you you really go and spend a lot of time like customizing the computer, like, you know, just like go s- install like it's a very very base OS where there just can be nothing else that could compromise what's going on.
0: The the thing. So I recently just got a new laptop, and I instead of I usually sell my old one, but I decided to keep my old one and like tr- completely wipe that and turn it into a dedicated crypto signing laptop. It was just like this new thing with like the email attachments because like I'm using my main computer for like six different email accounts. Like I'm clicking on links left and right, and that that was like the exploit that really got me paranoid and forced me to like, okay, I'm going to switch. I'm going to not do any email on my crypto computer at all.
1: Huh. That's like me, except I just don't do email. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> I, I think, I think then that what you've brought up, I actually should probably, I'm, I'm going to copy you. Cause I have an old computer that I should probably wipe and do exactly the same for those exact same reasons. And then I can actually practice good optics since what I just said was terrible.
2: <laughs> Some har- hardcore security alpha. I mean, I think everyone should know that, like, you know, you need to be really, really careful clicking on any kinds of links. I mean, that's what I I hate um, when people send, like, PDFs or something through a Discord or, uh, like, an Excel sheet or something. I'm just like, uh, can you just give me a Google sheet so I don't have to worry about this thing coming onto my computer
0: right it's like i'm pretty paranoid but like people send me links all the time like i click on links right like you can't really be a person on the internet doing anything and like not click on links right like so sooner or later it's just a matter of time
2: that's why it's really important to have the hard wallet and to not put any more money on your um you know like for instance like the money that i have on my hot wallet. it's like i have a higher chance of like losing myself from my stupid decisions than um getting hacked right like because I, I that's that's how little i keep on it right Like <laughs> uh i would i literally like um sign anything that comes through to my metamask on my hard wallet. i don't like i hardly ever read it right but i'm i'm on, on all my uh hard wallets i um uh, uh, sorry i said hot wallet right all my hard wallets i um you know spend a lot of time like the thing about it is like the hard wallet itself like slows you down right because you have to plug the thing in like put the password in and then sign the thing um so i think it actually makes you alone just make better decisions because you you're forced to take a little bit more time why amazon like did that one click buy thing because they realize people will buy more shit if they just make it easier
0: so let's go back to the question i wanted to ask you before like new projects you're interested in like any any like in the DeFi space any things that are like really uh catching your attention other than uh, jpeg now
1: yeah um i so one of the things that has come up recently is you know uh this thing called yeti finance i'm not advocating for it i think it's an interesting take on something like what you know mem was abracadabra um for those of you guys who are not familiar, you know, it's like essentially a CDP. Um the biggest thing being that like the multisig of, of them were like deciding kind of, you know, where to allocate the stables and um you know, Yeti Finance taking a similar approach to kind of, you know, how the CDP is structured, um but having a more like open market for for minting of like their stablecoin. Um also a good farming opportunity at the moment. I won't comment on its safety or like about the coin itself or anything like that. But it was just something that was interesting to me because, you know, we've seen criticisms of this kind of CDP before, but also that it does seem like it's something the market kind of wants, maybe. Um, so that's that's interesting to me. Um. And then also just fall or sorry, go ahead. Were you down something?
0: I was going to say you, you used past tense to describe uh, MIM. Would you say it's like not? coming back at this point like <laughs> y'all do, remember the, uh...
2: Mim.
1: <laughs> well okay well <laughs> i mean okay let me put it this way it's just that um you know if you go and look at like let, let me go pull up the the like the market capitalization of the curve Mim. pool well no it's not even that it's just that you know i would say that i think that the confidence in them was impacted by you know like the events that transpired and i'm pulling it up right now i want to see like what the market capitalization is because i don't really think that it's yes, while you're looking
2: that up uh for for the listeners that have missed our earlier podcast people that have been following along we've talked about this before but the, you know this was the episode that happened in january which now the netflix special is out <laughs> with uh sifu's face in it um the what's it called the unknown crypto king or something like that <sighs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess we're gonna try and rescue Netflix's stock today by getting everyone to go out and watch that. Um, but yeah, this is about Quadriga, this Canadian exchange that was had all this sort of crazy controversy that went down a long time ago, you know, five years or something like that. And then um, a guy that was involved in setting up Quadriga shows up again in Wonderland uh, and which was connected to um uh, abracadabra. abracadabra which created magic internet money which is what mim is what we're talking about and um magic internet money is basically you know an attempt to create a stable coin that's backed only by decentralized yield products which is like a pretty great idea but then it turned out that, you know, it was connected to this guy um, that was connected to Quadriga who, you know, they had stolen like $120 million. And it's this, it's this whole thing. You can go check out our other podcasts if you haven't. Um, it, it's exciting. And I would recommend then watching the Netflix special and because, uh, you know, we're like two degrees of separation away from this Sifu guy. <laughs> That's like,
0: okay, so let me ask you this, Chantal. Like, in crypto, like, like it seems like one... Thing of this trade off is like okay, code is law. So like for that, because all the smart contracts like anyone can read them and like verify the safety that way. Like therefore, like it's okay that like everyone you know in the discords are like these anonymous cartoon animals. Like because like we don't need to know your name because like code is law and and we've got the the um you know you can read the everything on chain. But then like. You were just highlighting like the very real like okay like there's this reputational issue like we found out that one of these cartoon animals is actually like not a good dude uh, and this caused like a real la- loss of faith like how do you how do you think about that like do you think basically this is just like how the human mind works and like there's always going to be these reputational things or like have we moved to like the code is law world enough where you can like have faith in Mim without n- caring who the guy is that's the cartoon
1: um i think i think okay so honestly i think that we're probably somewhere in between i think in the specific case of mim because of what i mentioned the fact that their multi-sig is the one who's like allocating the mims um maybe less so because you have to like rely and trust that they're going to continue doing the right thing with respect to like mim allocation and like taking care of the you know take taking care of um i guess the health of that coin so that you know there is no DPEG risk or whatever. And in this, and, and also in that sense, it's over collateralized. So, I mean, a lot of that is handled by kind of like the, the outstanding debt that's anyway created by people, but like in a way that, you know, when it was flourishing, there was kind of this issue of like, oh my gosh, there's not enough mims to borrow. Right. Like I, I want to take out a loan on like some, you know, DGN position and there's no mims, um, And so like, in that sense, yeah, like, you know, reputationally like and and actually let me point out specifically where with respect to abracadabra yeah abracadabra the reputational risk i think really affected them was like you know they had this usd pool with mem right um and it kind of had this reputation for being and i mean kind of still is or i guess less so now but you know the best essentially stablecoin farm in all of defi because you could really lever up like 9x or something like that crazy get 100 percent apr on usd using anchor and like The problem was that it was like somewhat custodial because like it was you know bridged assets and you could only withdraw like some percentage of the pool at a time and so there was a real fear um, specific to like that pool especially when um, you know some of this information came out and people like wanting to be able to get their assets out of Abercadabra because you know ultimately that they were being custodied by the multi-sig and like if you have people you can't trust then you know like that's that's a problem or at least it to me, I would be worried.
2: Uh, let uh, let me uh, go into that point a bit. That I don't think that I know of that there's like any true like DeFi protocol yet that's just like out there floating in DeFi space or whatever. Uh, like everything that I know of has that hasn't just like been given up on, I guess, or lost their private keys or something. Um, is has some attachment that the multi-sig can do you know there's there's some there's some function that the multi-sig and this is just like you know a group of people could be three people could be well it could be one person calling themselves a multi-sig but i mean you know it should be more than one should be at least two um could be like a hundred i think sushi's multi-sig is enormous right it's like 30 or something like that um but yeah, so these people can call some functions. So you you know if you if you really want to find out whether or not you're using an immutable smart contract, like you need to go learn how to write Solidity, right? And and read the smart contract yourself and figure out if there's a way um, for this multisig to interact with the smart contract.
1: Yeah, I um, I think for this this one, like I I understand what you're saying, but like for Mem specifically, like the concern, I think the concern was like, imagine if like you had like some yarn vault. And like funds in the urn vault were like just not in the vault, it was in the multi-sig. Like that's a bit different, right?
0: So I think we're like, this is getting into some of the questions about like, how do you assess risk for new protocols? Like, I guess in my mind, there's like two schools of thought or maybe like a spectrum or like on one end of the spectrum you have like the alex entrepreneur like if you listen to some of the stuff i recorded with him he's like we're gonna look at the code and like make sure that this fork of you know ave is like exactly the same and we're gonna check everything and check the hexadecimal to make sure it's like the the what is expected right like a very technical like understand 100% what you're doing or else you're gonna get wrecked and then like i don't know if you follow like on twitter this guy like crypto yield info who's just like you know, I'm just going to spread out my money and like put no more than like a certain percentage in a given protocol and like spread risk that way. And like that way you don't have to like look too carefully, like kind of like an index fund approach. Like do you, in your technical, so I guess you could do like either one, right? Like, but do you have a position on that spectrum or like how do you look at the risk for, for new uh, protocols? And, and Hal has written, how do you tell if a project is Seifu versus sifu?
1: okay um so first off definitely not as skilled as alex in solidity and detecting rug vectors things like that although i will say that i do read the contracts right um so like a lot of what i'll do is you know kind of see when i'm interacting with a new protocol like when you you know like when you first go to like interact or approve tokens or whatever you can kind of see like okay where is this approval going right or like what like who is it trying to give approval to things like that and so you can I take you know you can take those those addresses and go check out those contracts and generally, if a contract I go to is like unverified i'm <laughs> I'm probably not gonna use your protocol <laughs> to be honest like I'm not yet yeah. unverified contract just not worth it. I don't care how much a p y it is like no thanks um yeah, so then if it's verified, which I really hope it is, like you know we'll pretty much kind of go through it and uh, you know a lot of times contracts like you know there's a lot of lazy forks out there so like you'll look at it and you're okay like okay this is master chef okay this is snx staking contract whatever right um and so you can kind of really quickly verify like if it's safe you and like look for some attack vectors or like some rug vectors i guess is what i would say um and kind of assess your risk from there like um so like and and also there's i when I'm like thinking of it from a farming perspective, I also think about like, you know, the, there's like the rug risk. And then there's kind of the yield risk or like opportunity cost. Right. So like how much, like, what, what do I like lose by coming here? And so that's, that's also part of it. Right. So like, if you look at the code and like, okay, I can't get rugged, they can't take my money, but there is like a risk of them like rugging all of the emissions, um, you know like that's a separate risk that you have to assess if that makes sense um so like yeah, if, yeah if the then
0: token then, is going to zero faster than like you can farm it
1: yeah essentially yeah um outside of that i don't i don't do too much like risk analysis like risk analysis as far as like um, you know, like, I will check things like, you know, who owns the contracts and, like, what are permissions on the contracts, especially upgradable contracts. That's really risky stuff because with upgradable contracts, you really want to, like, understand, like, who has permissions over this, you know, if it's if it's not behind the time lock, you know, can someone arbitrarily, like, upgrade this contract and kind of rug me because, like, you know, the security, like, the security of what's there now doesn't necessarily hold what for what it could be if it gets upgraded. Um, yeah, so I guess that's another thing to take into account.
2: Um, well, so I think we should end soon because it. I'm gonna I'm gonna explain why that was the the most alpha ever because um on on all these like finance podcasts and things that I watch they, they always ask you know people what's your edge and everyone says oh well you know like they they don't want to tell you what their edge is or they're just like oh well you know time you know time in the market whatever um. So I I think what you just showed is is where my edge comes from, where your edge comes from, where the footguns edge comes from, um, is th- there's this concept called the Lindy effect, which is basically just you know the longer that something has existed in time, the more you can trust it. So when a protocol is like a few days old, you should just not trust it at all, right? However, we you know we're friends with a whole of these different people that are willing to go and take this time. To read the contracts, to so, you know, we find out who built the contracts. We find out, you know what I mean. And so, uh, it, we we're, we sort of have this this edge on the Lindy effect to to a person that's just randomly coming in, doesn't have any of this information, right? Um, so you can you can sort of beat that effect, like reduce the um, the odds of this thing going against you, right? And so, in my mind, that's that's huge edge. Um, Especially in this space, that's just like hyper evolving with things coming out left and right. Like you don't really have. Um, I mean, there's still there's still plenty of things. You know, for instance, like why I keep Ave on the cheat sheet, and why you know Ave is like one of the best performing cryptos today, right? And it's sort of just been sitting there doing nothing for a year, and um, like I've sort of felt dumb for keeping it on there, but it's one of the best protocols that's been around for a long time, right? So. That 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 you're going to be able to just trust, and it's going to be a boring trade that you can just put your money in, and you'll like make a small amount over time. But you know, Tao is really good at finding these things that are just like brand new to the space. And then you know, if if they look like they're worth investing in, and and Seifu instead of Sifu, right? Like, then we're going to start like, okay, like let's find a price to bid it, and then you know, see see what other people think about this and follow it and you know there's always that risk that the thing just blows up on you right that's 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 sort of like the crazy part about DeFi. i mean you're you're sort of just like trading like high volatility options
0: you mentioned ave let me ask you i wanted want to ask you guys both this ave v3 is this is this good to ape yet like there's the ave like ave v3 on avalanche is showing like 77 percent apy to supply usdt like is this just, is it Is this this has been audited, right? Like, this is pretty safe, or is this just going to get like blown up in like 48 hours and there's not going to be any real yield?
2: I would assume that, um, the yield would, you know, sort of that thing that I was talking about, like with the Lindy effect, where uh, Ave is uh, we so I'm actually going to release a little series, uh, with a video, two part video, and um, maybe a post out to the free people um because i've been researching for places to get yield for uh badger dow's money and you know so we're trying to make that really safe because it's a lot of money um and so we are only you know we only want to trust like the very very safest things and so no we're we're not considering ave v3 because it released just like a couple weeks ago right so um if you just you know if you don't really know much about it um even even though we know the people who made it you can look at the smart contracts or whatever like it's it's just very very young so i would just wait a couple of weeks right see what happens and my guess is the yields will probably collapse if it's safe and if it's not safe uh, you, you'll be glad you weren't there <laughs>
1: Yeah, I probably have the same take, to be honest. Pretty much exactly the same thing. If it's safe, the yields are gonna be gone immediately. <laughs> Ave is not known for like some sexy yield. It is just a
2: safe spot to park and chill. Yeah, so I think they're just high because um people are just waiting to see if it blows up. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think
0: like one of the most tricky things about DeFi and I think it's like quite misleading is just like this idea of APY and how like to a normie, you know, even like sitting in a bank account or like having a stock that pays you like a 3% dividend, like you look at 3% and you're like, okay, I can be reasonably sure that like, unless it's slashed, you know, which is pretty rare that like, okay, I'm going to get 3%. But like these yields in DeFi, it's like, kind of it's it's like a speedometer right it's like what is the yield today annualized and there's like almost no chance that that yield is going to actually be realized over a full year so like there there really needs to be like and jinta you think a lot about like displaying this information and like what's the best way to do it right and how do you how do you project annualized and instantaneous rate of yield
2: well, that's that's what Jintao is really really good at and i mean uh what's cool is like we're we're building this risk model in the badger treasury i'm going to share a little bit you know with the uh, the footguns readers but um you know eventually what we can do is is Jintao can build an api that looks on chain and we can have this risk model just be like live right that's just looking at everything that um badger cares about and and showing you like what we think about the risk versus the yield because um you know that's that's what we learned from You know hundreds of years of the the bond market right is that the the yield you get back from the thing you're holding should represent the risk you're taking right like that's what stocks are priced at um so why why should crypto not also be priced that way too right
1: yeah that makes sense i mean so like one of the big things that we're doing um to your to your question um was essentially like you know a lot of our vaults currently essentially take like a 21 day moving average of like the yield that they're that they're achieving um and so that's like what we are showing in the app um and so like you to your point you know that that value moves a lot more slowly than the spot you know or like the like current yield that you're talking about right um and that's so that's something that we're like kind of dealing with with vaults 1.5 is a lot of these newer vaults and you can like you know, you can see this on Badger Ninja. They they actually show you like the yield that they're currently achieving and you can you can go back and like and check, you know, and see, okay, like the vault, you know, had like a couple days of like some really high APYs. Right now it's, you know, making a lower APY and like you can go see that like, okay, the APY that the vault gets measured at is, you know, kind of coasting in between like that local high and local low or maybe it's like coasting just above like where it's been performing at like the past couple of days because it had those few good days in the past. Um, and kind of working to like expose both of those because having both of those contexts lets you make like the best decision versus you know just being you know not to be rude but to go to a website and be like you know like why is this APYs it's like so high but my math is so bad and you know why haven't i made so much money and You know, it's just it's such a really complicated thing and that's kinda it goes back to what I was talking about at the very beginning, right? Like it is so hard to track and understand your earnings with a yield aggregator that like there need to be these tools to help you understand because otherwise you will end up being in this position coming into Discord wondering like what the hell is going on.
2: Should we uh should we wrap up with some Citadel Alpha really quick? Because um I I'm working on Citadel Wasabi you're you're involved, Jintel, you're uh you're gonna be building some of the the front end stuff or some of the right or you're involved, right? Yeah,
1: so we're uh we're working on setting up some of the uh like treasury monitoring right now, um, for Citadel since that's kind of like its core offering.
0: Do you wanna give a quick I don't think we've talked about Citadel on the podcast yet, like Jintao, do you wanna give a quick like thirty second intro of it?
1: Oh god. Uh I don't know if I'm the right <laughs> I, don't sure, know I, can, right I can. To
2: do I can do it. I yeah, I can do it. it. Um, so yeah, we you know sort of sort of had this idea that's that's grown. I mean, it's grown over a while now. I mean, it's been it's been a while. Like sort of a grassroots idea that came out of the community. A community member came up with the idea of Citadel from Badger, um, and the idea was you know to to form this partnership across all of these DeFi protocols that are trying to earn yields that, and the you know the ones that are. Um, you know, have a lot, you know, for instance, like Convex, which has, you know, billions and billions of dollars and Frax as well. Um, th- these these strong protocols that have all these ways of, you know, unique ways of trying to earn yield in DeFi um, and create a Bitcoin focused um, shared treasury uh, with a, a public token offering that's done in such a way where the ownership of this DAO will be, you know, mostly other DAOs and contributors that these other DAOs have um, whitelisted. So these are like what you can do, you know, on, it's pretty cool. Like on chain is you can look and say like, okay, this person deposited into Frax, or like this person deposited into convex. So, you know, you can just look at the behaviors that you want from your users and, and then say, okay you're whitelisted to join the Citadel. And so there's going to be this um, initial token offering. Instead of it going out to VCs, it'll go out to the DAOs and their you know strongest users. And then there'll be a public offering uh, that's, you know, I think still a huge percent. Like you know, either, I can't remember if it, it, it was set to 50 or 60. The community is uh, hashing out the details. That's another cool part about it too, is like, there's already 5,000 people in the Citadel Discord figuring this all out. And once the token's launched, there's going to be um, you know basically this funding event where you trade in Bitcoin and then these yield assets. And the DAOs will do the same thing as well. They'll swap um, some of their uh, yield assets for Citadel. And so then it'll create um, basically this big pool where we can go and farm with Bitcoin as the base um for the farming asset and so then it it creates sort of like a community owned bitcoin um like yield farm essentially
0: yeah i think that makes sense and jintao you're working on like the dashboard of like users can understand okay these are the different assets that the treasury has and this is the apy that it's earning and here are the places and activities that it's Yep. Uh doing to return to this yield.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So there'll be all of that information and you know, some nice graphs and some kind of like <laughs> like TradFi portfolio breakdown, if you will, you know, pie charts, you know, all of those nice all the nice breakdowns kind of to really let you uh dig down into, you know, like what are the assets, what is the allocations across what protocols are those assets allocated. Um, yeah, things like that
0: i really hope there'll be a trad fight. like i'm i'm trying to push forward this design style of like trad fi stock images that show just like a nice looking dude and woman in a suit like sitting around a conference table but they're like they're like crypto cartoon animals but like really nicely done
2: yeah i yeah, think that would be great be- we can um <laughs> we can talk to the foot guns uh I think she she did a pretty good job on on the the new artwork for footguns. Maybe we can get her to do that or or you have a you have an artist as well, Sabi, right? We, we can, uh
0: I do, about. yeah. She currently has a backlog of my NFT projects that she's working on now.
2: Well, I don't know. Maybe if everyone will go up and sign up and subscribe then um cuz uh, cuz cause, cause our <laughs> our artist for footguns was uh compensated by uh Substack because, you know, I think they take uh 10% of whenever you guys sign up. So, uh, yeah, go sign up so we can pay more artists um, and get more people involved with foot guns. Um, I think uh, I think that's it. We've been going for a little over an hour now. Um, All right. Shall we leave it there? Yeah, we should probably leave it there. (laughs)
1: I've
0: been breaking in the new uh, sound effects board. Sorry, please forgive me.
1: (laughs) That was funny. That
2: threw me a little. (laughs) All right. Shall we leave it there?
0: If anyone can guess what podcast that is uh, taken from, you'll win some kind of a prize.
2: I'm not gonna win it right here, right now. <laughs> I'm not winning the prize, that's for sure.
0: It's a it's a financial podcast. I'll give you that hint. Anyway, thanks for listening. It's Thursday. I'll try to edit this and get it up today. So uh this alpha stays fresh out of the oven for everyone. Jintao, thanks for uh thanks for uh spending the time today. And we will definitely uh or I will definitely be hitting you up for this uh NFT Alpha Bot.
2: <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, thanks. See you
0: guys.